Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Rachel. I'm here with my husband, Zach. If you are not watching this, you are missing a lot of what we had to offer. Oh, well, maybe you shouldn't watch it. Anyway, <laughs> we're pumped. You're here. So we, excited. We're moving into the second month of 24. Come on. And you're doing amazing. We have just finished up fasting. We don't know for sure you're doing amazing, but we hope you are. And you can be amazing going forward. You can. And we are feeling good. Our bodies are feeling good. Our soul, our spirit. Uh, and we are just pumped that you're here with us today. That's right. That's right. We believe in you. We so, so, so believe in you. We know that your purpose is to win the world. And we are thrilled uh, to be a part of that. Um, last uh, two weeks ago, we talked about prayer and we had such a good time doing that. We're doing a lot of praying because <sighs> you, know you weren't eating. So. Gosh, exactly right. Um, and if, if, you, if you missed that, make sure that you check that out. Uh, but we're going to talk today uh, about a little something, but mm-hmm. just to just to get the just to get the juices flowing, get the juices flowing. Now, I I would love whatever if if you're listening on a platform where you could comment, if you could comment your answer to this question, it'd be great. What is your like selfish, toxic trait? Like, what do you do? Oh. You know you shouldn't do. And I have a, a list for you. Is it when I eat in bed? You do. Oh, well, I hate that. Oh, I hate that. Let me tell you a little story. Let's just take a moment to tell a story. What Rachel will do, and Rachel uh, disciples and equips our kids. It's amazing. Um, but whenever they have snack time, they like to have snack time. Sometimes, not all the time, just sometimes. Sometimes in, in the bed. When, and really, it's when they were little. They were not in the bed. But Rachel would have the kids sit on my side of the bed. And they would always eat the crummiest, like we crackers, Cheez-Its, whatever. Well, one time, one night, and this 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 is crazy. It's crazy. One of my favorite stories. One night, I come home and it's J, it's JL. We don't have Valerie yet. It's JL, River, and Rachel, and they're all sleeping on our bed. And so I, I forgot what I was I was doing something, and I I pick up the kids, I carry them to their bed, I put them in, and I I lay down and I go to bed. Well, I have a, a weak bladder, so I get up in the middle of the night to go TT, and uh, and there's something on my back and if you're not watching you I can't reach like the middle of my back but there's something stuck there and I can't reach it and so I'm leaving the bathroom and I'm trying to get whatever this is off so I have to scratch my back on the doorpost like blue yeah yeah like like blue try to get whatever it is off and it falls down and it's a half-eaten cheese stick uh, that has been mushed (laughs) flattened to my back, um, and, and your body uh, heat melted it. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's good. It's so that's yeah. So when Rachel says toxic trait, yeah, that that's what we're talking about here. In her defense, River has never not finished food in his whole life, so he he probably just lost it. He probably didn't finish it. He probably just <laughs> lost it in the bed. Um, Fell asleep mid snack. Totally, totally. Yeah. What's yours? Uh, you know, going on the lighthearted side, obviously, since that's the route we're going. Um, I would say, you know, one, it just, so you talked about food, so it's what came to mind. I've never in my life, I just turned 35, right? Been full. <laughs> that's where I was going, but that was hurtful. <laughs> if you didn't hear what she said, she said, been full. Like, like I've, and that's actually where I was going. I've never... <laughs> Sorry, Rachel's Rachel's uh, made herself laugh over here. Uh, <laughs> um, again, if you're not watching, you're missing it. But um, 
I've never, I've eaten a lot of ice cream in my life and I've never one time eaten enough ice cream where I thought I'm full of ice cream right now. Never. I'm like immediately full of ice cream. That's never happened to me. Never. Actually, whenever Rachel orders ice cream flavors that I don't like, I think that's one of your selfish traces when you do that because yeah. I'm planning on eating the rest of yours. I wish that you could like scrape the top off the ice cream and just what the cone is filled with would be in there. I will eat the, the right I will eat me. the top off the ice cream. I will tell you this, then we'll get to serious stuff. Uh, we went and got ice cream one time with a friend of ours named Justin Petrowski, and he got lavender flavored ice cream. Boo. And I didn't I didn't hear what he ordered, but we're walking on the street, and I feel like somebody's following me around with a candle, and I can't figure it out, and I'm like. What is, what is that smell? And he got, it, it smelled like a candle. It, it, it was just, just it awful. It wouldn't taste terrible. I wouldn't know. I'm not going to lick a candle. That's, that's, what, that's what it was like. Okay, so moving on. What are we going to talk about today? Okay, so here's the statement. It's killing your marriage, mm. destroying your relationship with your kids, <gasps> and it's why you don't have any friends. <clears throat> Let it burn for a second. Yeah, so just so I can... So I can read it back to you. But I said it nice. It's it's killing our marriages if you're married. Yeah. It is. What's it doing to your kids? It's destroying your relationship with your kids. Had your kids. Had your wife. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's why you have no friends. It's why you have no friends. That's intense, guys. That's intense. But just before you're like, well, I'll, I'll skip this podcast because obviously they're crazy right now. We don't have our life together. But if it's like, well, my marriage is fine, my kids are fine, and I have at least a friend, I'm gonna skip this podcast. Don't do that. Yeah. This impacts all of us. This impacts all of us. So what we're talking about today is selfishness. Selfishness. And let me go ahead and say, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Nobody likes selfishness. Nobody though, likes man. selfishness. No one wants to hear about it. But you're selfish. How dare you? If you're honest, you're selfish. Um, well, we all like to lie, so that's right. We are selfish, and so and I'll be vulnerable, and then we'll we'll talk about the definition, and we'll go forward. I would have thought because I'm I'm a I like people, all that kind of stuff. I would say growing up, I didn't I wouldn't have said like I was a really selfish person. Then I got married, and when you realize, like whenever you're you're with somebody all all the time who wants something different than you or. Uh, whether it's something as silly as wanting something different to eat or as, you know, wh- whatever. And then I re- when I had kids, every every kid we've had, I've realized, gosh, I have another level of selfishness uh, to root out. And so mm-hmm. I want to encourage you, mm-hmm. even if in this moment you would say, I'm not a very selfish person, I would ask you to ask the Holy Spirit in this time to reveal to you anything, um, any areas of selfishness that you might have so what does it mean to be selfish so selfishness being selfish is a lacking consideration for others or when you are concerned chiefly with your own personal profit or pleasure okay now here's what's so hard is the culture we live in in particular american culture the entire world is set up for you to be pleased Mm -hmm. for you to be profited for you to be most important quote you do you Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you do you hurt somebody else it doesn't matter if you do you cost somebody else it doesn't matter if you do you destroys a marriage or hurts your you know 
ruins a relationship or prevents other people from being able to be a part of your life or being loved and cared for as long as you get what you want and you're satisfied it's cool okay yeah and, and uh just if i could just talk to the listeners right now without rachel hearing uh she's real turned up on this okay so uh buckle up people do you know why i'm turned up i'll tell you is we, if it's about me it's i think you've already you. blasted me a couple times i know i'm sorry <laughs> Listen, we get, so we did this survey and we have over a thousand people send in all of these things. And one of the things that I've noticed is we have all of these concerns and we say, well, I want to know more about this or I want to know more about that or I need help here. And what we're unwilling to do is to stop and ask the question, hey, what's the root of the fruit that I'm experiencing? Mm-hmm. I you know, we fight all the time in our marriage or, you know, my kids all yada, yada, yada. And I guess I I don't, I don't know if it's some of the discernment that I have or, but I get frustrated when we, when we sit here and we complain and we whine and we're unwilling to look our sin dead in the eye and say, if I would just deal with that sin, the fruit of my life would be so different. But what the world tells us is that our sin is a good thing. If you would just live in your sin enough, it would actually satisfy you. Mm. And that's why I'm so, I'm so, um, I feel like it's a righteous anger specifically around selfishness because the world has so deceived believers, not just like your average person, but believers are deceived into believing that if I care enough about myself and I think enough about myself and I do enough for myself, Mm -hmm. I will be satisfied and we'll take the word of God to, um, to posture it to say what we want it to say so that we can do whatever we want yeah and feel good about us and there's always going to be one that sets our worldview you know it's either going to be the world or it's going to be the word like one one of them is gonna and and natural if you don't do it intentionally it's naturally going to be the world you know and and it's costly to follow jesus and sometimes we'll read the word of god and we'll say well what does this mean to me or how do i feel about that and really when we read the word of god we are our duty as a believer, God says to use our mind, is to study the scripture, find out what the scripture means, and then obey it. Mm-hmm. Which is so, it is, it is hard because your flesh is loud and your, you know, your spirit is, is willing and the flesh is weak. Yeah. And you've been given the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we can trust that God's way is the best way. Yeah. And um, so we want you to walk in freedom because I want your marriage to be amazing. I want your relationship with your children to be amazing. I want your friendships to be life-giving. Yeah. And if you are selfish, you're not going to experience that. Yeah. And another word, just so you can, because we are going to talk about Rachel's talked a little bit about it. What we want to say is, hey, what's the world say about it? And then what's the word say about it? Because mm-hmm. you have to pick which one's going to set your your uh, your priorities, your Oculus mentee, like how you see the world. And so the world the world says that selfishness is, it, well, they don't call it that. You know, the world doesn't call it that because that would be too on the nose. But like we talked about some words like self-care, you know. Self-love. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. self-love. Like, like you know, uh, again, all the way like to you, you know, truth is relative you yeah. know like live your truth a, a lot of those things like are, are they breed from selfishness and at the end of the day choosing that now what i, I would just say there's a there's a word because selfishness we don't talk about that as much which it's very clear in the bible but something that i think selfishness it 
something that goes hand in hand with selfishness is pride. Mm-hmm, and how, mm-hmm. like how I got there, people always ask about like, hey, what's the definition of pride? And it's just thinking about yourself too much. You know, whether it's whether you're thinking like terrible things about yourself all the time or whether you're thinking great things about yourself all the time, it's just thinking about yourself too much. Mm-hmm. And so, but again, just to just to inspire you, um, you know, and James, you know, James four has a lot to say about, you know, pride or selfishness, but it says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the mm-hmm. humble. You know, James uh, four ten, humble yourself before the Lord, be selfless. Um, and he will lift you up. Yeah. And so those are just some, which we're going to talk more, um, but the kingdom of heaven is its opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, we re, you, if you want to study that, you can look at the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. But the kingdom of heaven is is the opposite. And so where the world says that, hey, selfishness and uh, balance and self-care and, you know, live your truth, like all those things are, I mean, if you find yourself really gravitating towards those, it should be a marker that, you know, you're not, you're not heading down the path to, to honor God. Yeah. So one of the things we want to touch base on is Philippians. Let's look at a couple of different scriptures. We're going to look at two in particular today. There's a bunch. Uh, but Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others think that is pretty clear on mm-hmm. what the Bible says, which we'll do more than one scripture because you can't form a perspective about, uh, we want to take the whole word, the whole counsel of the word of God into account when mm-hmm. we think about this. But this is um, repeated more than once. You'll see this. And um, what Paul is talking about here is he's he's instructing the Philippians right before this. He's asking them to live in unity, Mm-hmm. And one of the things that God talks about is how powerful the church is called to be. And that power comes from being unified. And um, so the unity, unity is the goal. And the descriptions that Paul's giving here is how to live that unity. How do you actually live that out? And the first step to that kind of unit, the first step to that is to let nothing be done by selfish ambition. And so much of what we do and if we just we just have to be honest. So if you're willing to be honest, um, much of what we do is motivated by selfish ambition or conceit. Yeah. Like much of what we do is not done because you love other people, but it's because you want to be promote. Like selfish ambition is about self promotion and your advancement. So I would even consider what you even post on Instagram. Like let's just start there. What you post on social is not it's not because you love other people it's because you want people to see you and see how awesome you are yeah it's all out of like right selfish ambition yeah and if we live our life when you think about like what you take in if you are on social media for hours a day and you're consuming that you're literally consuming selfish ambition all day long it's no wonder we struggle to be selfless yeah and and you know we we maybe you know this maybe you don't i think we may have mentioned it uh, late last year in the podcast, but you know, now, but with technology being so smart and all that kind of stuff, you know, the content that you're taking in is, um, like, like concierge, like it, it's for you. It's curated. Yeah, that's right. Just was, for that, you. Thank you. That was a word I was looking for. Um, it's, it's curated, it's curated for you. And so like where we spend a lot of our time 
online on these things. Like it, it is, it, it is about us, and it's, it is really hard. But do nothing. And I, I was trying to find it. I know it's in Philippians, but I, it just kind of hit me whenever you're reading the verse that uh, Philippians is where it talks about having the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so uh, this is. It's just Jesus being our example couldn't have been more. You know. Uh, a, 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 just a better example of doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Like whenever they would, when Jesus would do miracles and, and things like that, whenever they would want to exalt him, he would leave. And the, mm-hmm. if he stayed in one place and just continued doing stuff, he may not, they may not have wanted to kill him on the cross, but he said, I have to go so that the, the God's word may be preached everywhere. And so like doing nothing out of vain, con- I, I just think that that's going to be supernatural uh, and so, like, having, again, we, last time we talked about prayer, but I, I think that this is a great example of something that may seem impossible about, you know, the whole pray without ceasing, mm-hmm. asking the Holy Spirit to just to stop you. What, even if you're going to embellish the truth a little bit to make yourself look a little bit better, mm-hmm. like in everything that we do, not doing anything out of, out of self-ambition or vain conceit, it would just be, it would be huge because I think that what would impact the world so much if you're not living for self-ambition and vain conceit then it has to be for something and for someone else right well and and that's what paul you know paul's not saying all ambition is bad it's selfish ambition so you need baptized ambition and i think this is one of the things when we talk about kingdom living like we need to be saturated in uh, all the things that we desire and what we think about ourselves and what we think, it has to be baptized in the word of God, in in literally the blood of Jesus has to cover it so that we know it's holy, it's sanctified, it's set apart. So when we talk about conceit is thinking too highly of yourself, it's having excessive self-interest and um, self-preoccupation. Um, it could, it that word is in that scripture verse is literally more literally translated like empty glory. So all the glory is not meant for us, it's meant for the Lord. And we're gonna talk about, cause I can hear the question stirring, like you're probably, well, what about self-care? What about actually caring about myself? What about, um, you know, I don't wanna be a, a carpet people walk on, you know, and I don't wanna be an enabler. And, you know, I don't wanna ever wanna stand up for myself. And that's not what we're saying. It's not what the scripture says, mm-hmm. but we do have to be like, we have to be aware of what God's asked us to do first and what the word says about these things. And he says here, you have your ambitions, your desires, they have to be kingdom minded. They have to be glory minded and not the glory of self, but the glory of the Lord. Yeah. I, here's a great way to look at it. Cause I, I think that that could come up in people's minds. Uh, but just to encourage you, and this isn't, don't, this isn't what I want to camp out on, but you know, if you'll let the Lord fight your battles, you'll work out, you'll, you'll, you'll end up in a much better place. Mm, mm. So if you feel like, oh, well, if I, if I don't take care of this, then the, the, then nobody's going to, if I don't look out for me, then nobody's going to, well, I would say, first of all, you know, you're not trusting the Lord with your future, but also I'd say you're living outside of Christian community. If you're just living around people who are just going to take advantage of stuff like that, then maybe, maybe you don't have an inner circle of believers mm-hmm. that are, are caring for you and mm-hmm. loving you. So we have another scripture that I think, which we could talk about this on and on. I really would challenge you to go to the Enduring Word commentary, pull up Philippians 2, go and read the commentary on that chapter. It will be 
eye-opening and encouraging for you for sure. Uh, but we also want to look at Galatians 2.20, which is Zach's life verse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives through me. And I think it's important for us to say, well, what is it? Our selfishness is it stems from a wrong view of who is just like you just said who is responsible for us you no longer live for yourself Mm -hmm. and when we make a decision to follow Jesus we're stepping into a covenant with God that I I agree with you God that I in and of myself and my flesh it is it is nothing and I, it doesn't please you. And I was designed to be in a relationship with you. And I'm going to pursue you and follow you. So all the things of me that really can't satisfy me anyway. I might be able to find temporary happiness, but my soul is not satisfied and my spirit is dead. I'm going to live at Christ lives in me now. I'm going to die to myself, deny myself, which is selflessness, is to deny myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to live for Christ instead. And um, so when we look at that in Galatians 2.20, when they'll, you know, this question is posed to Paul, like, well, when, because he's talking about the law and about trying to perform well. And Paul's like, hey, I didn't just die to the law because I felt like it. When I gave my life to Jesus, I was crucified with Christ. And that means that I am not going to be, it's not me who's living anymore since we died with Christ on the cross, we live a different life now mm-hmm. as Christ. So our old life is dead, and now we're alive to Jesus Christ, which Jesus Christ in us says the oldest passed away for the new has come. Yeah. And we're new creations now. So Galatians 2.20 says, I am not living for myself anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm living for the gospel of Jesus first. Yeah, and a, a good way to see this, and you know what I, what I was trying to think of, but it works great for this verse as well, is that in different seasons of your life, different things matter. Like there are things in your life that you say, that's not a big deal. Like I don't care about. Like maybe before um, you, it, when you were younger, maybe like like staying out late, partying, seeing a movie when it first came out, things like that like really mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, maybe you are, well, here's a great one. There's you, You're watching this and you're like a big sports enthusiast. You care about who won, all that kind of stuff. Or you're not. And you just don't care, right? And so there's times in your life where you just you just don't you just care less about stuff, right? And so what I would tell you is whenever you say, I died of myself in Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's no longer I who get to set and say what matters, but it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so like I think even a great inventory to take on your life are what are the things that matter most to you? Uh, you know, what what makes you cry, what makes you clap kind of thing? And who set that? Mm. You know, what what gets you the most passionate? Who set that? And so, like, uh, again, we're, we're going into an election year. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're sorry, we're in an election year, right? And so, like, if if you can't sleep at night because of it, if you're, if you're tore up over it, you know, again, I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but I, I think it's worth asking, you know, like who is getting to set mm. what's most important? Who's mm-hmm. getting to set? So I die to myself in Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And this is, this is again, like, like Rachel said, this is my life verse. I think that this is massive. Um, I die to myself in Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. 
But you think about it, um, you know, I won't go into all this like spiritual Spartan stuff, the, the, these things that come to mind for me. But you think about when, before Jesus died, um, this is just kind of where my mind goes. I, I believe it's in John 13 is where he washes the disciples' feet. So I died of myself in Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Well, our human pride or selfishness could rise up and say, well, why does he get to live and not me? You know, why, mm-hmm. why is it more important that, that he lives? Um, and you have the, like the, the felt board church answer, well, because he's Jesus and he's God's son and salvation and those things. But if you look, when Jesus was alive, and before he dies on the cross, you know, his last supper, I believe it's John 13, um, what's he do? You know, uh, for us with our kids' birthdays and stuff, we have them, you know, everybody goes around the table, says what they like the most about that person, right? Just to build them up and stuff like that. Um, what did Jesus do on, on, on his, last, mm-hmm. uh, his last meal? Uh, it, it was Jewish custom because of how they sat and everything that somebody would wash the feet. But there's usually a servant that did it, all that kind of stuff. But this was a private meal just with Jesus and his disciples, the Last Supper. You've seen the pictures of it. And um, all the disciples knew that the feet should have been washed. All of them. Because when they sat down to eat, you're laying beside somebody else's feet. Like, they knew. And nobody did it. And Jesus stood up, took off his outer garment, tied the towel around his waist, and he washed their feet. And told him that the least, uh, you know, that the least would be the greatest. It's, it's the servant. Um, and so I just want to encourage us, like, it's not just like a frou-frou thing to say, like, uh, I died of myself in Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. But the person, whether you're, whether you're a Christian or not, if you think about the impact Jesus made, like, we're still talking about him. It's, he's still being debated. Like, the, like no, 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 no living person has ever caused the, con- like, we talk about something like a wonder of the world, like the pyramids to UFOs to humans, whatever. No one has caused the stir that Jesus has caused. So even if you're wanting to make a great impact, even if you're somebody who's like, well, I just have this ambition in me. Well, if you look at the person who's impacted the world the most, on his last night out, he washed their feet. Yeah. So I, I just I just think it's a, it's a big deal, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and I it, just something else that I know that I've said that I think is powerful is whenever you reflect on your life, is the towel of your life dirty or clean? Mm-hmm. And so, and that's a reference the reference to John thirteen when Jesus washed their feet, um, because you can tell how selfish you are, you know, uh, by by how you're how you're washing people's feet, uh, both spiritually, emotionally, even physically. And so I, I, that, that's a, it's just a special verse. I died to myself in Christ. It's one I think we should all memorize, one good one to pray through. I died to myself in Christ, knowing I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So good. Can we say that that's true of, of us right now? Yeah, that's so good. I, I think one of the concerns that we have, because there is, there is a, and it's a valid concern, well, what about my care? What about, you know, self-care? And um, I think before we get to that, you know, and everybody pulls, I think, well, most of the content that you find that starts to talk about self-care and putting a a Christian spin on it is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love others as yourself. And I think we need to stop and go back to the beginning of it. Well, love others as you love yourself. So you got to love yourself so you can love other people. And we delete the first half of the verse. 
the first half of that verse says, love the Lord your God with mm-hmm. all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And so if, if you are literally putting God first, if you love God most, it changes everything. It changes your schedule. It changes the way you think about yourself. It changes the way you think about others. It changes your priorities. It changes what matters most in the room. It changes your goals. And it's only realistic to be humble and selfless if God is the most important thing to you. Because to be selfless means that you trust the Lord with everything. And that includes your care, your mental wellness, your physical well-being. We trust the Lord first. Now we're gonna we're gonna use wisdom. We're gonna honor God because God cares about that too. Mm-hmm. If you read the Word, He doesn't just say, "Hey, don't get your body's a temple." Like God wants you to be taken care of. Yeah. But what we've done is we've said, "Well, I need to love myself first so that I can love other people," and that's not what God's Word has told us. God's word says you have to love him the most, pursue him the most. And as a result, how you think and love yourself will be holy, not selfish ambition. It won't be prideful to be humble. And then you can honor God and love others. And really, so self-care, if you want to say what it's defined as biblically, it looks like self-care is defined by choosing to believe the hard truth that you are not God. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I have a hard time with the um, – I get really challenged with the whole work-life balance. And I, I, I know, like, at the core who I am, there's some there's selfishness that would, would push me to be like a workaholic and some of those kind of things. So I get that. But when I read God's Word and I read the testimony of men and women who have changed the world and won their world – it really does push me on the whole, like our current culture of burnout mm-hmm. and work-life mm-hmm. balance, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But let me give you a, an example. So like for me, because I do have that that vibe about me um, to push, I will, I will burn out physically um, every couple months. So like I'll, I'll whether I'll get sick, and, and it's less now, maybe once a year, I'll get sick or whatever. But if you look at it, I'm cold plunging at five in the morning. I'm going to the gym. I'm doing the infrared sauna. I'm doing those things, yada, yada. But if you track it and you look at, hey, why, why am I getting sick? What's happening? I'm living healthier than 95% of people because I'm not sleeping. It, go, all, it always, by and large for me, it always goes back, I'm not sleeping. And so if you're like, oh, I'm burned out on people. I'm, I'm, I'm burned out on, I'm burned out on serving at church and I'm burned out on prayer and I'm burned out on, 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 you know, loving people that don't love me back and all this kind of stuff. What about your replenish, which is your, your time with God? Yes. You know, what, what about, cause I wouldn't say it's an output problem. I would say it's an input problem. Just like me physically, like my output falters and I get sick because my input, my sleep was sacrificed. Now, if you say, if you go back and you read like the God's General's books and those people who were sleeping two hours a night because they let people come to their houses and all that kind of stuff, yep, you know what? They sacrificed their physical well-being and their time with the Lord, and they mm-hmm. ended up, you know, getting sick and dying and all that kind of stuff or falling morally. Um, but I would, I think that a lot of us, part of the reason that we are output of selflessness Mm -hmm. is because our input of a a selfless god is not there 
and you can't pour out of an empty cup. Well, and if you're looking at, hey, how do I take care of myself? Self-care is God-focused. It's always God-focused rather than the me-focused concept that the world has presented us with in you spending time with the Lord is the first step to being cared for because you are, you are your spiritual being having a physical experience. And when we find ourselves, yes, you said physical being, I'm you're a spiritual being having a physical experience. There we go. I went to college. Um, God can remind you who you are and he can fill you up. And I know that like, we're like, well, I need to go to the doctor. God can heal you. We're in this, I was talking yesterday, we ran into somebody, um, I went to Dollywood um, a couple of uh, weeks ago with this guy, and, and I was talking with his wife, and they were talking about when they lived in the Philippines, and he said, you know, pastoring here in America is so different because you just have everything you need. He said, even if you're poor, you can still go to the doctor and they're going to treat you, they'll bill you later. He said, in the Philippines, you don't even get that. He said, if, you didn't, if the God did not show up, you died. If God didn't show up, you didn't eat. And we have to consider for a second that we're having some of these conversations because we're so reliant on the self and our perspective is so self um, structured that we don't, we're, it's not God reliance. Yeah. So we're missing out on the things of God because we're really, we, we lean on ourselves and I know that we have self-esteem issues and all of these things. And at some point we, we do we recognize the intrinsic value of every human life because every single person was created by God. And we cannot deny that a lot of the things that we're experiencing, low self-esteem, our broken marriages, destroyed relationships with our kids are a result of living in rebellion against God because we have not loved and served him first. Mm-hmm. And so I I want us to make sure that we when we wrestle with these things, well, I'm just struggling with how I think I feel about myself. Are we living in rebellion to God and willingly engaging with, if you willingly engage, you know that it's not true what you think and believe about yourself and you refuse to get into the word of God to refute it. You willingly engage with the enemy. You willingly engage in sin. And we don't want to say that because it's hurtful and it's painful, but I don't want to willingly engage with the devil and give him authority and right to my story and then experience the consequences and the fruit of that. We can be experiencing life and life to the full if we will do things God's way. So God doesn't say you can't defend yourself. God doesn't say don't take care of yourself. God says if you would love me, pursue me, want me most, everything else, seek first ye the kingdom of God and all these things will be added Mm -hmm. unto you. Yeah, Matthew 6.33. And the... Only other thing, and then we'll wrap up, you know, in James 4.10, humble yourself for the Lord, and he'll lift you up. And so I just want to encourage you, and I know this is heavy, um, but if you'll let God and others fight for you, then you won't have to. And so I know we've talked about a lot about honoring the Lord, but just something else I want to ask you, who is somebody in your life who, you know, they're fighting for you? Uh, who's somebody in your life who, you know, you, you don't have to be selfish because they, they are, they're pursuing you. They're praying for you. They're, 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 they're looking out for you. Um, and so those are some great, actually, as you're wanting to win your world and have this win-win culture, you know, what is next? Where's a place in your life that, you know, you, you're just, you have some selfishness, a stronghold of selfishness. And who's somebody you can invite to speak into that? Yeah. And I, th- I think that'd be, a, that'd be a great who is next. Uh, you know, who is somebody to invite into that just from a development perspective? 
But then who is also somebody you know that's out there in your life and you can see, hey, they're trying to take care of it all on their own and they just can't. And so I'm going to go be selfless. I'm going to wash their feet relationally mm-hmm. or spiritually. Um, and again, I know we said it up front, but it really will, uh, whether it's in a, like a big upfront way or a slow, subtle way. Uh, selfishness will kill your marriages, your relationship with the kids and your friends. But most of all, it'll kill your purpose because uh, your purpose is to win the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and the enemy wants us to think about us instead of others' eternity. Uh, but we're not going to do that. That's um, right. So we love you so much. Uh, we believe in you. And we just, uh, yeah, we pray for you all the time. And uh, we can't wait to see you next time. Mm-hmm.